You are listening to Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, with your host, Randy Sutton. Hello and welcome to this week's episode, Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement on the America Out Loud Network. I'm your host, Randy Sutton, 34-year police veteran, author of A Cop's Life, and founder of The Wounded Blue, the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. Got a great show coming up for you. Let's take a walk into the briefing room where I'm going to give you my view from the blue. Now, unless you're living under a rock, you probably saw the hideous video that has surfaced from uh, the arrest and subsequent death of an individual in Minneapolis. It's really an ugly, ugly thing to watch. Uh, the... Um, Minneapolis police officers that were involved in this have quite literally been terminated within days of this happening. Now, all right, we're going to talk about this on a couple different levels. First of all, when any use of force by a law enforcement officer can turn deadly, whether that use of force is from an impact tool like a baton, even chemical spray has been known to cause deaths, like a, a cap stun or pepper spray, physical activities when when people are being held down, when there's a, a, a physical altercation where blows are exchanged, that can turn deadly. As well, of course, um, the uses of deadly force by a uh, by a firearm. Well, the situation in Minneapolis was videotaped. Uh, it shows. Uh, several officers trying to make an arrest. One of the officers is quite literally standing or kneeling on the suspect's head, and he is he is uh, complaining that he can't breathe. Well, shortly after this this was uh, this was videoed, uh, the individual, the victim, died, and it is ugly, ugly, ugly. Uh, Minneapolis police are receiving death threats. There is, uh, um, there is definitely um, threats of civil unrest. Uh, and, and here's where it gets a little dicey, though. The mayor ordered the termination of all four officers immediately. And the chief did it. Now, that may sound like the right thing to do to some people. But the reality is there are laws that protect the police and other employees from just simply firing them. There has to be an investigation. They couldn't complete the investigation. They fired them within, literally within within a day or two of this happening. So these officers, um, one of whom actually was the individual who, who was standing on the guy's head, and the other three did not. But they're being terminated because they didn't stop the first one. So here we have four cops all being fired without an, a, a proper investigation being completed because of political reasons. Now listen, I know how hideous it looks. But everybody deserves their day in court, including these officers. They have due process. And to 
toss out due process because of a, a situation like this is is simply not right. Now I understand, you know, it, 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 it's it's anger provoking when you see um, when you see this video. I get it, uh, but you know, here's the other part of this deal. Um, there are employment laws put in place to protect workers, and these officers are deserving of that protection. If there is an investigation, and that investigation results in them uh, determining that they violated a, a law or a policy, then they have the right to take the appropriate action. But just to simply you know, because of, of the of the political turmoil being um, being placed uh, around this incident, uh, this what this shows is cowardly leadership on the part of the city. The mayor is is strongly anti law enforcement, always has been. Uh, but I I expected better of the chief to stand up for his for his uh, for his cops and just do the right thing and allow the investigation to take place and then let the chips fall where they may. So this is something that, that is, is another, another really ugly use of force. Um, do we know the whole story? No, we don't. And, uh, and I think that, that that's something that needs to be um, brought up when we're, when we're talking about justice. Uh, everybody deserves that um, that day in court, and uh, these officers uh, are being basically thrown under the bus to the wolves without due process, and that shows a terrible lack of leadership in Minneapolis. Doesn't surprise me. Minneapolis has been a, uh, a hotbed of bad leadership for years. Um, the former chief, oh my God, what a train wreck. And, and the mayors and the city council have, uh, have been strongly anti-law enforcement and still continue to be. This is going to bear watching. And uh, one thing's for sure, um, this is a, a terrible, terrible thing to, to watch. And, uh, and there has to be an investigation. There's lots more going on this week. Um, I, I've talked about this, this guy before. But he continues to amaze me with his arrogance, with his anti-law enforcement attitude, with his, with his absolute disregard for the, for the safety of the people of the state that he governs and also the law enforcement community. I am speaking about my old buddy, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo. Boy, oh boy. He has... He's really sunk to an entirely new low here, especially when it comes to law enforcement. Uh, he, he has snuck a law into the state's budget, right? He snuck it into, into the budget to make it a felony for police officers to share DMV info with federal agencies. Now, okay, let's, let's, let's dissect this. Uh, law enforcement officers can now be charged with a felony if they turn over any New York Department of Motor Vehicles information to federal agencies tasked with enforcing 
immigration laws. So while the rest of the world is focused on the COVID-19 pandemic, uh, Cuomo sneaked this penalty into what's called the green light law as part of the 2020 budget. Now, originally, the green light law uh, made it legal for illegal aliens to obtain a driver's license in the state of New York. That's what it was sold as. Well, Cuomo, because of his rabid anti-federal um, law enforcement immigration uh, service attitude, has now taken the step to prosecute law enforcement officers to, who cooperate with a federal agency. This is, this is so absurd. It is dangerous. It is probably illegal. I, all I can say is, I hope that the Department of Justice uh, investigates Cuomo, and I believe he has violated a law here uh, of, um, of cooperation with uh, interfering with the federal law. Um, and uh, I, I'm hoping... I'm hoping that Attorney General Barr orders an investigation into Cuomo and his minions that, uh, that, that created this travesty. And not only, and here's the crazy part, it doesn't even, it, you can be a cop in another state and if you give information on a New York plate, then you can be prosecuted under this law. It's the most insane thing I've ever heard. It, it's it's something that's so shocking. You know, when when 9-11 happened, and it was discovered that one of the reasons that these, these terrorists were able to accomplish what they did was because of a lack of interdepartmental cooperation between federal, state, and local authorities. That was the one major glaring error that was found. So there's been a, a great deal of um, effort put into creating open channels of communication and investigative work between local and state government and federal government. That's what that that's the necess the necessity. And now here Cuomo. Wants to wants to prosecute cops for cooperating with other cops. This is the this is absolutely absurd. Um, he should he should not be the governor of New York. Uh, if they continue, if they vote for him again, this I guess I guess you get what government you you know you deserve maybe. Uh, but I I can't believe that the voters of New York would want to keep a guy like this in office who's literally playing with their lives. When, when you take away an incredible investigative tool like DMV information from, from active investigations, remember, we're talking about people who are trafficking in other human beings. We're talking about killers. We're talking about dope dealers. We're talking about all kinds of, of, of heinous criminals and Cuomo is tying the hands of law enforcement to the point where he's actually put into place the ability to prosecute for a felony crime 
cops, for working with other cops. It, it is absolutely an outrage. Um, Cuomo should be out. Should, Cuomo should be taken out of office in handcuffs. He should be prosecuted, and he should be sitting his ass in jail. I, I guess that's probably, um, you know, overindulgent thinking. I'm sure it'll never happen, but man, it it really should. You know, uh, talk about about um, injustice. There's a headline came out of Alaska. I had to do a double take when I read it because I was I, I looked at it and I said how how is this one possible? Here's the here's the headline: Alaska resident with rifle aids police with no guns after firearms incident. I, yeah, you, I know, I know. And here here's part of the here's part of the story: a 19 year old Alaska man is facing attempted murder charges after breaking into a public safety building and firing an unarmed village police officer. It happened in Alaska's village of uh, Quethluk on May 16th. And Quethluk's public safety administrative chief, Nikolai Joseph, said that a potential mass shooting was avoided. Now, village police officers, who currently do not carry firearms, are wondering if they should carry guns. Uh, wait a minute, hold on a second. You mean you're just now starting to wonder if you should carry a gun and you're a cop? What? And, that, and, and, and here's the reason why they're not carrying guns. They say they can't afford it. It's not in the budget. Uh, what? <laughs> it's not in the budget to arm police officers. And as a result, it, it took a civilian who had a rifle to help the police who couldn't defend themselves because they weren't given guns. Well, now it says they're going to uh, they're going to check out that that rule that policy and, and see if maybe it needs to change. I mean, what planet what planet are these people living on? If I was a police officer in in, in this town and they didn't give me a gun, well, I wouldn't be a police officer. How can you be a cop? You're, I mean, it's just, I, you just got to shake your head. What the hell's going on in Alaska? Well, I, 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 don't, I don't even know. I don't even know. Um, and then, of course, we have the madness of COVID-19. Not only is it killing people, killing cops, killing civilians, but it is giving it is giving impetus to politicians who are agenda-driven, anti-law enforcement, to give a pass to criminals all over the country. 67, now this number is going to astound you, 67,000 criminals have been released so far under the coronavirus mantle. Yep, we're talking about some horrendous, horrendous prisoners for doing all kinds of sexual trafficking, um, violence, robbery, murder, and they're and 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 in California, in New York, in Michigan, in a bunch of places, they're 
un they're using this as an excuse to empty the jails. In fact, in California, Newsom, who is crazier in a crazier in a loon, he's just dumping people out, and now says that he wants to end incarceration altogether. I mean, I don't know what these guys are, are smoking in California. But the governor is showing his absolute disdain for public safety and, and using the, the COVID as an excuse to push his liberal anti-law enforcement pro-prisoner agenda. And of course, what's happening? The crime rate is, is surging. The people who are being released are reoffending over and over and over again. In fact, in LA, in LA, there is video of inmates purposefully trying to get COVID. They're trying to infect themselves with it because they know how the game is played. There is nothing more manipulative than a prisoner. They know how to play the game better than anyone. And they're just laughing their ass off at, at fools like the governor and, and the, the, the politicians who are um, just crying out for, for justice for these poor, poor men and women who just, you know, you know, robbed other people and stole from them and sexually assaulted them and killed them. They're poor, misguided people. They need rehabilitation, not punishment. And they're using this excuse to endanger the public even more. It's just, it's just sickening. Well, that's about all the time we have today for the briefing room. But we've got a great guest waiting for us. And this story that you're going to hear from this guest is just going to leave you shaking your head. I'm going to tell you about an amazing event, and I'm inviting you to it. That's right. I'm inviting you to the Brothers in Blue Bash in Las Vegas on October 17th. The Brothers in Blue Bash is a benefit for the Wounded Blue, but this is going to be an absolutely amazing event with food and music and cocktails and entertainment, and it's in Vegas, and it's in October, and it supports the Wounded Blue, and it's going to be a hell of a party. You want to come to this. It's it's unbelievably inexpensive. It's $95 a ticket, and that includes all of that. Uh, there is also a hotel that we are involved with. It is the Orleans Hotel. They're giving room rates for our guests at less than $100 a night. Come for the weekend. It's going to be a hell of a party. Go to our Facebook page, Brothers in Blue Bash Las Vegas. Get tickets there on Eventbrite. And uh, if you have any questions, hit us up over there at uh, Facebook, and we'll talk to you soon. See you in October at the Brothers in Blue Bash. So let me ask you a question. What do you know about CBD? Now, if you're like me, I didn't know anything about CBD other than people telling me that it works and that there is some really good advantages to it. So when a retired police uh, officer came to me and said, I'm in the CBD business and I know a lot about it, here's some products I want you to try. And I did. 
and I got to tell you, I'm amazed. Um, I can't I can't talk about the uh, the medical aspects of it, but I can tell you that I was shocked. And the fact I had a lot of um, um, if you, if you want to say issues with it, because as a as a police officer, I thought that there might be some THC content and there might be a problem down the road later on. But this this CBD contains no THC, and it's amazing stuff. It's called Luxvite. Luxvitecbd.com is the website, and um, if you uh, let them know that you heard this commercial on the Wounded Blue. Uh, you'll get a discount as well. So check it out, luxfightcbd.com. I'm kind of liking it. If you like your coffee, like I like my coffee, you are going to love Law Dog Coffee. Lawdogcoffee.com. You can subscribe to it, get it delivered directly to your house. It is law enforcement friendly. In fact, they help support the Wounded Blue. And the coffee is phenomenal. They also got some really cool products, uh, some mugs and T-shirts and all kinds of cool stuff. Uh, LawDogCoffee.com. You want to go there. You want to have this coffee. It is delicious. And uh, I should know because I drink it every single day. LawDogCoffee.com. Check it out. Did you know the average person spends 26 years of their life sleeping? The real troubling statistic is that we spend seven years of our life trying to get to sleep, struggling with racing minds, tossing and turning. If you're one of the millions of Americans who need better quality sleep, the time to change is now. Sleep is proven to extend our lifespan, protect against terrible diseases like cancer, heart disease, and dementia, make us more attractive and thinner, feel calmer and happier, and boost energy levels, memory, and performance. Until now, most sleep supplements haven't worked, but a new easy-to-swallow sleep gel invented by the leading nutrition company Healthy Cell is designed to support all four stages of human sleep to help you fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake up refreshed. It's called REM Sleep. To get a free two-night supply of REM sleep, visit HealthyCell.com sleep. That's HealthyCell.com sleep. AmericaOutloud.com is the voice of liberty and justice for all. Well, as we celebrate our four-year anniversary, thank you for making it all possible. We are a grassroots movement of patriots, blogs, podcast, video, and 24-7 talk radio on our free apps on Apple, Android, or Alexa. We are the vision of the voices America Out Loud Talk Radio. With me today in the interview room of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement is Mike Gallagher. Mike is the vice president of the Policeman's Benevolent Association Local 105 in New Jersey, and he represents uh, thousands of corrections officers. And he's on the show because there has been a travesty of justice involving the murder of an off-duty corrections officer. Mike, thanks so much for joining me here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for having me on the show. Let's talk about this horrendous 
crime that, that took place last week. Um, share with the audience, if you would, what happened uh, as far as the killing, and then we'll get into some of the specifics about the travesty that has taken place since. All right, uh, I'll give you a little backstory. Um, officer Dorham, uh, W. Dorham, he goes by Timmy, has been an officer with the New Jersey Department of Corrections for 19 years. And uh, approximately six weeks ago, his wife, Tiffany, who was an EMT, was at home and she heard a commotion outside. And when she looked outside, she realized it was two, two of the neighbors walking by with their dogs and they got into a fight. And someone was bitten and they needed uh, medical assistance. And her being an EMT, she went out to provide assistance. As they were uh, taking care of him and waiting for the ambulance to arrive, uh, the murder suspect, Zachary, Zachary Latham, come down the road in his Corvette uh, at a high rate of speed. And she asked him to slow, you know, slow down. There's people on the road. He stopped the car and backed up. And he said, what the fuck did you just say to me? And she said, I asked you to slow down. And he didn't like that. So by this time, there was a um, undercover police officer there and saw him pulling away and called in to have him pulled over down the street. Well, as he gets pulled over, he's videoing for his little TikTok. And let me back up real quick, Randy. When, and when he pulled up to um, Tiffany to ask her what she was saying to him, he was also videoing for his TikTok. And he starts calling her Karen which is a derogatory term for a middle wife, midlife uh, housewife that complains a lot. And so he pulls away, gets pulled over by the uh, police officer. And as he's getting pulled over, he's TikToking that also. So from that point on, there's been, um, he's been harassing her every day going by her house, spinning tires in his car, he posted her address on TikTok and it went viral. And when he did that, some of his TikTok, I guess it's the community, started going past her house all hours of the night. She lives in a nice neighborhood, Randy. And uh, these cars that are coming by her house are like souped up, revved up cars, low riders, and along those lines. It's not the people who live in this neighborhood. So, so let me see if I understand what you're saying here. So she gets in a, in a, uh, a verbal altercation with uh, this Correct. Zachary guy. And he basically calls out the dogs on her through social yes. media harassment. Yes, and it came. And All right. Okay, so, so that's been taking place for weeks now. That's correct. Okay, so continue on. What happened after that? So that, that happened on April 6th. And from April 6th, she was uh, getting harassed. Uh, cars were gone by the neighborhood. He was posting TikTok videos. Uh, he pulled up uh, a few days later. He pulled up in front of her house, and, and he was filming this also. And he yells out to her, hey, Karen, we went viral. Well, at this point, her son told him to get off, you know, get away from the house. And they had words, and uh, he, he told his son right on video, hey, bro, I have a knife. 
right on video. So um, his son went over. Uh, there was a words exchange, and, and, and his son, and uh, Tim Smith's son, punched him. He drove away, and uh, that was that day. We'll fast forward to the 4th of May. Um, her youngest son was getting ready to leave the house on his bicycle. And as he was getting, as he pulled out on the street, um, Zachary Latham, the accused murderer, come down the street and swerved towards him enough to make him go into the curb. Well, an hour or two later, um, there was his father, Timmy, got home and he wasn't told what was going on. And Latham was coming down the street. Timmy pulled out in the street to block him so he couldn't, you know, so you can have words with him and say, hey, listen, leave my kids alone. Mm -hmm. Well, Latham goes around him and, and goes down the street to his house, which is approximately 500 yards away. Uh, Timmy drives down to his house, and when he gets to the house, Latham's wife is videotaping it, and she says, you're not going to like what he has for you. Within 90 seconds of being at the house, Latham slashed him on the forearm with a knife, and the fight was on. Uh, Timmy was there with his sons, um, which are, is 17 years old and 21 years old, and they were there. They watched their dad get sliced on the forearm, and when he sliced him there, he hit a major artery. By this time, Tiffany, she was running down the street, and she got there about maybe a minute later. When she got up to the garage, she said there was so much blood, she didn't know what was going on, and she realized it was her husband. And from hitting that major artery in his forearm, he was bleeding out. Uh, so they get her son, they, and they get uh, Timmy and place him in the back of the truck to take him home because he's bleeding out. As he's doing this, um, as he's leaving the house, he was stabbed in the armpit and in the back by Latham. They get him down to his house and the, the medics are called, the cops are on the way, you can hear the sirens in the distance. And uh, Timmy uh, unfortunately died. But wasn't there a stun gun involved here as well? Uh, William, uh, their son, Junior, uh, got involved also. And while they were attacking his dad, he did what any son would do. He was defending his dad. And, you know, he sees his dad covered in blood. He, he starts fighting with the murder suspect. And uh, after that, they realized that they had to get Timmy home because he was bleeding that bad. Okay, so we, so I, I must have misunderstood something. I thought that that the that the suspect had used a stun gun on. He he did, and on Timmy. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself here. When Timmy got to the house, and I forgot that part. Um, excuse me, I'm nervous. Um, when Timmy got to the house, his wife told uh, Latham's wife said, "You're not going to like what he has for you." He hit him with a, a stun gun, stunned him with a stun gun, and sliced him on the forearm, and then stabbed him in the armpit and in the in the back as he was leaving. And I'm sorry, I forgot the part about the stun gun. That's why uh, Latham was charged with uh, possession of a weapon for unlawful purposes. Okay, so 
So he, this, this Latham, um, yes, stabbed, stabbed Timmy numerous times. That is correct. Used a, a taser or a stun gun on him. Correct. Uh, and that, after using the stun gun, he stabbed him. That is correct, yes. Okay, so what took place? So now, now Timmy's dead. Pretty who, much, he's, he's who investigate? Who investigated this? A violent police department came out. Uh, they were the first on the scene. And immediately, since it was a uh, homicide, uh, the Cumberland County Prosecutor's Office took over. All right, and... Um, and the suspect was arrested. That is correct. What happened then? He gets remanded into the, into the county jail. And in New Jersey, we have the bail reform law. Uh, he has to go have his first appearance within 48 hours. And it was supposed to be on Tuesday, but his uh, public defender asked for an uh, extension, so they had it on Thursday afternoon. And when he... And it's uh, for calls for detention, as they call it in New Jersey, to see if he's going to be held uh, till trial. The prosecutor put on his case, and the defense attorney put on his case, and the judge made the determination that he will be released without bail and without electronic monitoring, and he has to check in once a month. Okay, I, this is this is something that I. I'm having a difficult time fathoming. This this man is charged with, oh, what, and what was he charged with, by the way? Uh, two counts of aggravated assault, one count of aggravated manslaughter, and four counts of possession of a weapon for unlawful purposes. And he is released without bail and without monitoring. Unfortunately, you are correct, yes. Who, what? You see, this is a this is a tough thing for me to even understand. What did the judge say? Was his reasoning for doing that, or did he not say anything? He said that the state failed to um, show probable cause to hold him. He stabbed um, this man four times or or five times after using a stun gun on him, and the man is dead. And that's not probable cause. That's what I was saying, Randy. Um, at the end of the day. Um, Timmy went down there to ask him not to mess with his children. If he had a problem with him or his wife, deal with them. I'll leave the kids alone. He gets stabbed, slashed, stunned, stabbed in the back, and his murderer is released. This is, this is, this is shocking to me. Absolutely shocking to me. Well, I mean, if you, if you want to be shocked even more, uh, Timmy's wife, Tiffany, was charged also, and so were the, their boys. They were charged with uh, criminal trespass, simple assault. Junior was charged with aggravated assault, criminal trespass, and his minor son was charged with ag assault and criminal trespass for going to the house. And this is a decision made by the, prosecu the, the prosecutor? The prosecutor charged him with that charge, and from my understanding, because they went to the house, he had no other choice. But the, the decision here to release him right solely on the judge. All the right, judge so, has, so we have we have a, a we have travesties of justice here on several different levels. We have 
we have the, the fact that, that um, this off-duty corrections officer was stabbed numerous times and the killer is, is released with, 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 no, with no monitoring and no bail. Then we the have only, the family the only, getting mm-hmm. the family of the victim being charged criminally with, with serious offenses who were simply trying to defend their father and husband. That is correct. All right. So, all right. This this is um, this is mind boggling on a, on a on a bunch of different levels. So, at at this point, at this point, um, I'll, where, I'll try to clear you up. Go ahead. At this point, this is this is very very fresh. This just took place last week. Correct. Where is is this is the suspect? Is is I mean, he's back in the neighborhood. Have the as has the family the only, actually been arrested? Uh, no, they were served uh, with summonses. And the only time that she realized, she, this is how she found out she was being arrested. It was from a uh, newspaper article online. And she was reading an ca- account about he, how he was charged. And in the uh, article, it also stated that she was charged and her boys were charged also. So she didn't even know. She reads it in the newspaper that she's being arrested. Correct. Wow. Had no idea. To add insult to injury of just losing her husband, uh, incidentally, Friday was her 27th year wedding anniversary, and she had to celebrate it uh, alone because Timmy's dead over nonsense. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Um, So at this point, this is – has there been any – repercussions i mean literally they're both in the same neighborhood has there been any repercussions from the suspect towards them not from the suspect uh one of the court orders was that he can't live or return back to the neighborhood now mind you this is a small neighborhood uh they live approximately 500 feet apart from each other and even though he's not allowed back in the neighborhood like i said earlier randy you have these low rider suit up cars driving by the house. The same people that he had called, that he had on, basically rallied to harass this family. On TikTok. Yes, on TikTok. Uh, and, is, is there any protection for this family? Well, she's not home right now. Um, I do know that there, there's a lot of police officers that live in this neighborhood um, from the department, uh, from the state police and, and different agencies that there, it might not be assigned protection, but they're there. And uh, when when Timmy was when, when Timmy was murdered, they all showed up um, within minutes. Has there been any media attention uh, about this travesty, about the judge releasing this this uh, murdering uh, uh, this murderer uh, with without any 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 bail or any monitoring? Uh, very little media coverage. Very little. There's a, this judge has had um, some issues in, in the past before. Um, he, there was a petition about a year ago to have an online position. position. It's called change.com or change.org. I'm sorry, change.org. And they wanted to remove him from family court because of those erratic decisions. So when I saw that, I started looking back at different decisions. 
And here in January 20 of this year, there was a woman in the same county that fatally stabbed her husband after he punched her and headbutted her. And she was a mother of four, and she stabbed him. He kept her in custody because she's a threat. All right. In January also this year, the New Jersey State Police arrested a man um, for possession of heroin. And as they were searching him, in between his toes, they found, they revealed a uh, wax fold of fentanyl in between his toes. The judge found that he was a threat to society and remanded him for detention. So for he's possession, not, For possession of narcotics. Correct. So he, he, was, he, was, he was detained for possession of narcotics. But here we have a murderer that was released without any monitoring at all. Is there any um, is there are, is there any repercussions? Um, I mean, basically, jurists they're they have carte blanche. They they have a tremendous amount of power. So, is there anything? Uh, I mean, did the prosecutor's office? They're the ones who should be objecting strenuously to this. Have they, they done anything? Not to my knowledge, but it, it could be in the process now. Um, they can appeal the decision. Or they could have up upgraded the charge to murder. And if it was a murder charge instead of ag assault, uh, aggravated manslaughter, rather, um, he would not have the, uh, he'd still be remanded in the custody of the county jail. But since it was aggravated manslaughter, he had a, um, his first appearance, and that's why he was let out. So they have the option of A, appealing the decision of the judge, or upgrading the charge to murder. Wow. Yeah, All right. So, so this is, how is, how is um, Tiffany, how's she doing? She's, she's doing better each day. She's, uh, she's really upset. I mean, she saw her husband die in front of her and um, she's taking it rough, but each day she gets a little stronger. Uh, there's been moments uh, I met with her yesterday that um, she just starts crying. Um, you know, you'll, you'll be sitting there talking and she just starts sobbing sure. and it breaks, it breaks my heart. I mean, they were together for 32 years and married 27 of the 32. And, uh, it, it's, you can only console her so much. Of and, course. Of course. Well, let, let and, me, let me ask you this. Um, you're the, you're the vice president of one of the largest police unions. Correct. Um, is the union doing anything to apply pressure or to, to, to take some action? Yes, there is. Uh, our president, William Sullivan, is involved. Uh, and we're, we're seeing what we can do with following this through the, the legal system. Um, there's only so much you can do because the damage is already done. Uh, he was released. Um, we're, we're hoping that the county prosecutor appeals the decision to the judge or another judge, hopefully, and they remand him back to the, to the county jail. If he, he is a threat, he, he killed somebody. He has a history of um, a negative history of law enforcement. Number one, he doesn't like to be told what to do. 
he drives aggressively, and this is all documented. Uh, he he likes his TikTok, and there's like uh, over 30 videos of him on TikTok, and he has a blatant disregard for law enforcement. He has videos of him and his vet going down a residential street at over 120 mile an hour. I'm not sure uh, where you come from, Mandy, but 18-year-old kids that drive poor vets. Uh, and the second car, incidentally, is a Dodge Viper. An 18-year-old with a Corvette and a Dodge Viper. Wow, he's, uh, he sounds yeah. like he's doing pretty well for himself for an 18-year-old. <laughs> what kind of – now, did, are you aware of any criminal history? Um, from what I understand, he, has, he just turned uh, 18 about a month before this happened. So from what I understand, he does have a juvenile history. He's from Florida. The family just moved up to New Jersey into that house less than six months ago. So they moved in and less than six months later, uh, their, their neighbor is murdered. Really? It's, uh, yeah, it, it's, it, it's really hard to comprehend uh, of, the, of all, everything that happened so quickly. And mind you, this is over him being yelled at to slow down in the neighborhood. And yeah. the, the, end, the end result is you have a dead correctional police officer. Regardless, well. Randy, regardless if he went to the, uh, to the guy's house or not, he went down there to tell him, hey, listen, if you have an issue with me or my wife, have it with us. Don't, don't take it out of my children. We live here. We've lived here for over 20 years. He didn't go there to be hit with a stun gun and stabbed to death. Sure. Well, this has this is a this is a, a story we need to follow. Um, yes, we do. And um, and you know, there, when I when I hear of things like this, it, it's it's maddening because we're seeing this degeneration in our criminal justice system. And I, I guess what what is so disturbing is that there is no accountability here. The, 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 the suspect isn't being accountable because he's basically released to go do whatever he feels like. The, the judge isn't being held accountable because he can do whatever he wants. And who is left out here to, to bear the brunt of a criminal justice system, which in this case seems to have failed everyone and, they, and then we, we, then we have, then we have the, the widow and children being charged. I'm just, uh, this is just shocking on, on every different level. It is because both of them, Timmy and, and Tiffany, were both public servants. Uh, they spent the majority of their life serving the public. Her as an EMT and him as a correctional police officer. And you know, we, we put that vest on every single day to, for protection at work. Who would ever think you would need it at, at your own home? Yeah. Think about that. I mean, he, he, was, he was killed in his neighborhood. And this is a nice neighborhood. Um, I, I, I'm just, the, the decision from the judge is something it, it's been hard to deal with. Um, we started a um, GoFundMe account for, for Tiffany. And it, it was doing well. And then it slowed down a little bit. We're a little at 28.5 right now. And she needs it. Where can she find, where can my listeners find that GoFundMe? It's underneath of uh, Mike Gallagher 
on the uh, GoFundMe, and it, the name would be, you can uh, put it in the search engine, uh, William, and then in parentheses, Timmy Dorham, D-U-R-H-A-M. Well, we'll, and we'll certainly post that on... Uh, I, I appreciate it. Well, I tell you, Mike, um, I, I appreciate you taking the time to come on to, uh, onto our show today um, because this is, this is wrong on so many levels. And the, yes. peop the people need to know this. Um, who is the uh, prosecutor in Cumberland County? It's uh, Jennifer Webb McRae. Well, I think I'm going to be reaching out to Jennifer Webb McRae for a statement. And uh, we're, we're going to do some follow-up on this story. Um, thank you for, for bringing this to our attention, coming on the show. Um, we'll be, uh, I do want to let you know that the judge's name is uh, William Ziegler. And he's a Superior Court judge in Cumberland County, New Jersey. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be on my Christmas card list. I know, uh, I know um, a lot of officers that won't be sending him cards. Well, once again, Mike, thank you for coming on to the show. You and I will talk again, and uh, we'll be doing some follow-up later down the road. Thank you, Randy. And I just want to say thank you to you and your listeners for helping us with this cause. Because uh, at the end of the day, this could have been any of us. Yes, absolutely. A, a simple neighborhood dispute led to a murder of a, a correction officer in front of his family. You're supposed to feel safe at your home. And, and, when you, and you provide for your family and, and you work on this home and you make it nice and you, you're part of the community. And to have something like this happen in front of the wife and kids is devastating to them. Absolutely. Thanks, Mike. I want to tell you about an organization, an organization that is the National Assistance and Support Organization for Injured and Disabled Law Enforcement Officers. Uh, this organization is a 501c3 charity. I am the founder of it, and we have an amazing peer team made up of police officers who have all been shot, stabbed, beaten, run over, screwed up, and screwed over. We provide peer support for injured and disabled law enforcement officers. We help get them into treatment, whether that, whether that injury is physical or emotional. Um, if you're a law enforcement officer and you've been struggling with post-traumatic stress issues, if you've been screwed over by the system and feel like you're abandoned and alone, I can tell you this right now, you're not. We are there for you. Go to our website. It is www.thewoundedblue.org. Contact us there. You can see the amazing programs that we have. And uh, remember, um, we are believer in what our motto is, and that is never forgotten, never alone. The Wounded Blue, thewoundedblue.org. Think back to the last time you felt healthy and energized. The best times of our lives occur when we're at the peak of our health. Sleeping better, full of energy and focus. We know that fades with age, and you might be feeling the effects of aging as low energy and poor sleep. But it doesn't have to be that way. There haven't been any nutrition systems designed to rejuvenate our bodies as we get older until now. Healthy Cell Pro is the only multinutrient system that impacts the building block of your body, the cell. Created by anti-aging expert and Nobel Prize nominee, Dr. Vincent Giampapa. 
award-winning Healthy Cell Pro cuts through the complexity of nutrition supplements by simply giving you the purest ingredients, filling dietary gaps to nourish your cells and enhance your quality of life for optimal performance. Visit HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for an exclusive discount or call 844-869-9958. End of Watch with Randy Sutton. Each week here on Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, we pay our respects to the men and women of the profession who have made the ultimate sacrifice and given their lives in the line of duty. I have a couple names to read this week. The first is Trooper George Baker of the Louisiana State Police. Trooper George Baker succumbed to injuries sustained on May 20th when he was struck by a Hammond patrol car while removing stop sticks from the roadway during a vehicle pursuit. The pursuit started when officers from the Hammond Police Department attempted to stop a suspicious vehicle. Trooper Baker and another trooper successfully deployed stop sticks on Ward Line Road near the intersection with Kate Street, causing the vehicle to hit them. As the troopers attempted to remove the stop sticks from the roadway, they were inadvertently struck by responding Hammond patrol car. Both occupants in the fleeing vehicle were arrested a short time later. Both troopers were transported to a local hospital where Trooper Baker succumbed to his injuries uh, on May 24, 2020. Trooper Baker's organs were donated upon his death. The second trooper suffered non-life-threatening injuries. Trooper Baker was a U.S. Marine Corps veteran, had served with the Louisiana State Police for three years. He had previously served with the Greensburg Police Department for four years and the St. Helena Parish Sheriff's Office for three. He is survived by his wife, daughter, parents, and sisters. Trooper George Baker, Louisiana State Police, end of watch, Sunday, May 24, 2020. The second officer to die in the line of duty this week was Reserve Captain Andrew the second officer to die in the line of duty this week was New Orleans Police Department Reserve Captain Raymond Andrew Bozeman. Reserve Captain Raymond Bozeman died after contracting COVID-19 as a result of presumed exposure during Mardi Gras. Captain Bozeman supervised the busy intersection of Poydras Street and St. Charles Avenue, known as the Crossover. He interacted with thousands of Mardi Gras participants during the detail from February 14th to February 25th. He and two other officers assigned to the same location were diagnosed with COVID-19 following the conclusion of the festivities. Captain Bozeman has served the New Orleans Police Department's Reserve Division for 35 years, survived by his wife, two children, six grandchildren, and three great-grandchildren. Reserve Captain Raymond Andrew Bozeman, New Orleans Police Department, Louisiana. End of watch, Sunday, March 29th, 2020. May they rest in peace. Hey, thanks so much for joining me this week on this episode of Blue Lives Radio, the voice of American law enforcement, here on America Out Loud. Listen, follow me on Facebook. It is the voice of American law enforcement. Uh, also, Twitter, at LT Randy Sutton. Oh, I think I have some other social media accounts, but I don't use them that much. So, Facebook, if you've got some story ideas or some feedback, hit me up over there. 